This is Genevieve Rossi, actress, cult actress, scream queen, horror queen, and this is the Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast coming to you live from Delavan, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, Genevieve Rossi, the legendary screen queen. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, thank you for being on. And I know, like, everybody has their own different issues of going on with quarantine. Like, before, like, I start talking to you, how has quarantine life been for you? It sucks. I guess. I'm I'm trying to make the best of it and trying to keep myself uh, busy and positive. But I think um, it mostly sucks. I developed a new addiction, which is buying Baby Yoda stuff. So you'll see that on my Instagram periodically that I'll be going out and buying uh, more Baby Yoda items. So I'm getting quite a lot of them now. Uh, so um, are you a Mandalorian fan? Um, yes, and I've always been a fan of Star Wars and Yoda, but now they've made Yoda a little cuter. So I already had a lot of Yoda stuff, so by extension now I've become a Baby Yoda fan. Oh wow, that's awesome! Because I, I, you know, I know there's a lot of people, especially females, that are really into Star Wars like that. So it's kind of refreshing hearing that you're into Star Wars. So that's amazing. I'm a big Star Wars head. I always liked Yoda. He was always my favorite character ever since I was a little kid because he was like always like very zen and mellow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, especially, especially, you know, even though it's not Yoda, they call it the child, but, you know, like, I guess we'll see, hopefully, some of the backstories in season two, like, we'll find out about his race or something, I don't know, but, is he, I know he's just so adorable, isn't he? <laughs> exactly right. So, yeah, but mostly it's been pretty tough. One thing that I've worked on uh, recently is that we actually filmed a feature film mm-hmm. during lockdown called The Central Authority. It's a totally socially distanced uh, horror comedy, and I play Gwen Ross in it, yeah. and yeah, we filmed that all like remotely with um, an international cast. So. Oh, wait, so how did you do that? So like, a, so it's a socially distanced movie, and you feel? Well, we filmed the whole entire movie, it was filmed remotely. Oh, okay, okay, did, did everybody have to get tested before... Like every time they shoot, or they just get tested one time and then they start shooting. Like, how did that? How does that work? Using cutting edge technology, it all was all filmed remotely, so nobody was actually in a room with anyone else. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, wow. Was that like kind of was that complicated or? Um, It wasn't too complicated, but um, it was something that um, the uh, directors Christy West and Armin Nasari want to take on. They had an idea, and we did this in the throes of lockdown when people weren't really supposed to be living in their homes. And um, they had a creative idea that they wanted to to do that I guess hadn't really been done before. And that's uh, the central authority. So, yeah. Oh. And that 
It'll probably be coming out maybe in November. Maybe. Also, or right, along the, right around the corner, not. then. Distant future. <laughs> All right. Um, what was your biggest influence into becoming in the horror genre? Like, what is it about the horror genre that attracted you? Um. Well, I was always a really big fan of uh, Barbara Steele, Ingrid Pitt, Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing. I liked all these like old horror movies, especially ones from like the sixties and seventies that I kind of grew up with. Because my father liked me to watch them. He didn't really like movies in the 80s and 90s as much. Oh, okay. Maybe because they're a little more vanilla in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not as violent, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that's why. So I grew up watching a lot of those kinds of movies and getting, like, really excited about them. And then getting into horror movies later on. And it was always something that I kind of wanted to get into. And then luckily, like, a lot of the, you know, I was a little girl and I met Ingrid Pitt before she passed away at the Chiller Theater Convention, and I've seen uh, Barbara Steele at different conventions. So those are two old-time um, actresses that were still around for a while, and Barbara Steele is still around. Um, so I kind of got into like, kind of like these old movies, and then, you know, I love 80s, 90s, and more modern um, horror movies. Uh, so I kind of got into, like, I guess gradually through there. I used to always uh, read Fangora magazine yeah. as a kid. Um, you know, and, and things like that. I always read a lot of Stephen King mm-hmm. and Anne Rice, so I was always into reading horror literature as well. And I was always a really big fan of Halloween, so I guess it was just like a natural progression into uh, being a fan of horror movies and and then ultimately acting in horror films, you know? Yeah. yeah. But how did that, how did, um, when you got into acting, like, what was your first, like, horror, what was your first, like, horror gig? My first horror gig um, is, was Jacko's Slasher that we filmed in a cornfield out in Long Island. Wow. And I play uh, um, a sexy Satanist. And that was my first time playing a sexy Satanist. I played a sexy Satanist a whole bunch of times since then. <laughs> but that was <laughs> Because that's just something that pops up so much, you know, you can't, you know, Satanists put the sexy, you know, in life, you know, there's there's sexy people. So I'm a sexy Satanist, we're in a cornfield, there's a creature called the Jacko Slasher killing people, directed by uh, Jennifer Valdez, and from there I end up working with James Balsamo on I Spill Your Guts, I end up working on uh, Zombie Hunters, City of the Dead, and a whole bunch of other movies like Sheriff Tom vs. the Zombies. And that kind of like launched me on um, working on all these crazy horror movies. Well, you know, the thing about horror, um, horror and comedy, like, they never die out. You know, drama's always there, too, but, it's like, horror and comedy are, like, are, are a staple to Americana, to, in my opinion. Um, um, do you find horror accessible for, like, kids? Because, I'm, you know, now it's so different now, because I remember when I was a kid, like, seven or nine years old, I used to watch horror, and, like, I don't know, like, there was, my parents parents didn't really have any filters then, now it's like, oh, your kids can't watch Child's Play, because this, this, and that. Um, do you think, do you think it's, like, different times now with horror? Well, they do say, um, now, with horror movies, um, a lot of the horror movies are going in more, like, a PG-13 realm, like with like a quiet place and things like that. Yeah. You know, uh, a little bit more balanced, um, telling more uh, female and minority-based stories and things too. 
you know, obviously we, we still have, uh, you know, guys telling their stories, but we need you to just kind of diversify things a little bit more, I think, with the horror genre. And then, yeah, and then bringing it more to like a PG-13 kind of uh, realm. Because I know when I met Eli Roth at Tribeca, he was saying that the modern horror fan, um, a lot of them are millennial girls who want to, uh, you know, have relatable characters. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so it's different than it was like in the eighties and the nineties, where we had, I guess, um, I guess before the internet, a lot of the horror movies were definitely very uh, sexy and exploitative, you know. Yeah, true. And that time period, which is why my my parents didn't like me to watch that those hot terrors movies. (laughs) 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 My parents are pretty old fashioned. That's why I was like forbidden to watch those as a kid. The movies from the eighties and nineties, usually because of how I guess exploitative and uh, sexually, and also I guess gore wise. And you know, and obviously that still has its place in the horror genre. But the horror genre is actually a very diverse genre. Yeah, you know, people has a lot of subgenres too. Like you know, we have young adult horror, we have sci-fi horror, you have dramatic horror, you even have religious horror. Um, there are all different kinds of subgenres of the horror genre that people are exploring. Fantasy horror. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's it's a more complex genre than we realize. And then sometimes we have erotic horror too, because because horror is kind of an erotic kind of a genre, more so than like drama or comedy, maybe. But maybe, yeah. you know, yeah, it's so true. it taps into our fears, but it also taps into our desires. Yeah, exactly. Horror to me it encompasses it encompasses sexuality, it encompasses like rape, it encompasses like different different forms, like different forms of different things. Like it could be psychological. Like horror has comedy too. It has a little bit of everything in it. Exactly. Horror comedies are very, very, very popular subgenre, for sure. Yeah. Um how would you describe yourself in terms of like your personality and your attitude? Like how would you describe yourself? In general? Yes. Uh, it's a, uh, mellow. Very mellow? Silly. Yeah, silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, somewhat athletic. Yeah. Uh, uh, hungry. Hungry. <laughs> hungry in what way? Like hungry for wo- hungry for food? Or? What? Hungry for food. No, like, like, you know, like, hungry for like working or hungry for like food. Like, what do you mean, hungry? Well, that's a good question. I'm hungry for food always, um, but uh, <laughs> always hungry for work. Always yeah. hungry for new experiences. Always looking to keep myself occupied. Like, if you look at my IMDb, I think I've been acting since like 2012. I've been in about 107 movies. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. So I like to keep my. I like to keep myself busy as much as possible. Yeah. Um. Um. What are, What are you best known for in your movies? When people watch your work, they're like, "Oh, there she is!" Like, what are you best known for? Um. I would say I'm a bit of a character actor that I often play like um, Satanists, witches, uh, fortune tellers, psychics, sometimes mothers. You know, maybe crazy people. So I think a lot of times I'm embraced in kind of like character roles. Yeah. I think I would be for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, you're also... Uh, okay. yeah. So you also do photography as well, right? Um, Like me 
I'm a, uh, I do uh, photography modeling. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I do some uh, graphic modeling. So like I've been recently like in a bikini and a, a few magazines um, and things like that. And that, that I usually post on my Instagram and my social media so everybody can kind of get a sense of that. Mm-hmm. And I usually get a couple issues for fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's a pretty cool thing. You know, um, I was in model views um, a couple times. I was um, I was in another one called Vixitude, I think. Mm-hmm. And then another one um, that was a mermaid scene magazine recently where everybody in the magazine was dressed as a mermaid, including me. For people that are, I guess are really into mermaids. Wow. Was well, is, is it like a fetish for some people or just... Well, I would say this magazine is not a fetish magazine. Oh, okay. They actually, uh, men, yeah. women, and small children all dressed as mermaids. Oh. I would say it's for not fetishizing mermaids, but I guess for the mermaid enthusiasts. Oh, okay. I had, I had the wrong perception of it. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's definitely, I don't think it's fetishized because I literally, I think I'm on, like you have me on one page and then the next page is like a seven-year-old girl. Like dressed up as a mermaid, very innocent. And then there's like a young guy dressed up as a mermaid. So I think it's just people that are like really into mermaids. Yeah. And evidently there's people that are really, really, really into mermaids. And just like there's people that are really into cosplay. Yeah. Oh, speaking you know, of... Co- yeah. get really excited about it, you know? Yeah. Speaking of cosplay, I'm um, getting into the, like the Karakons and whatnot. How are your fans like? Yeah, yeah, like like when you go to like the conventions and whatnot, and the fans like ask for your autograph and whatever. How are they like? Like, how are they? How do they treat you? Oh, everybody is usually pretty nice. Everybody's pretty cool. Sometimes I cosplay when I go to conventions. Like I, I did Catwoman um, from nineteen sixties show Julie Newmar Catwoman. Oh, nice. Yeah. As Julie Newmar Catwoman called Model Views Equestra. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll do that, or I'll dress as Poison Ivy, or do something kind of a little bit different and fun, or just as, uh, even as a character for one of my movies. Um, and then you know it's wonderful meeting people, signing autographs. Everybody's really cool, selling movies, and nice to get finally meet the fans. There's some people yeah. I've become very friends with. Like I have a couple friends that live out in Sweden that I met when I was out in England at a horror convention a couple years ago for October. And, you know, I consider them to be wonderful friends, Scott and his wife. And it's wonderful how you uh, get to connect with the fans. And sometimes, you know, even form friendships with them. Because we have this big commonality. You know, the horror genre, the actors, the directors, and even the fans are all kind of like a family. You know, we all come together and we have that love of horror in common. Yeah, that's the th- that's the thing with horror and uh, and the fans. Like you know, yeah, to me, I think it's like no other because you know, there's conventions and there's like you know praising films. Like there's Halloween conventions and there's like um Friday the Thirteenth conventions. You know, like you don't see a uh you don't see really a Caddyshack reunion or whatnot, which is nothing you know nothing wrong with the movie. But I'm just saying like there's something about the horror field that you know people want to. 
have like products from the movie or dress like the characters and meet the actors and whatnot. It's it's so accessible. I don't know how it how it'll be now with the whole quarantine thing. Like everything is out virtual cons, but you know, it just seems like yesterday, right? Where you could go to a chill theater or something like that and, you know, rub 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 hands with the fans and take pictures with them. Like, you know, with quarantine everything has just changed a lot. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. I was always a little bit of a germaphobe uh, convention to start with. Yeah. And I was always the one, you know, like, um, using my Purell and washing my hands periodically. <laughs> you don't realize that the kind of convention, even on a good day, when you shake hands with hundreds of people over the course of a weekend, yeah. or you're hanging out with hundreds or thousands of people over the course of a weekend, the probability of getting an illness is very high. Yeah. You know, very, uh, you know, careful and things like that. Yeah, everybody's like, like, yeah, they're buying stuff, they're coughing on their hand, they don't wash their hands when they come out the bathroom, so yeah, you get all that, all that stuff, you know, like, shit, you know, you don't want to be rude, so you're like, yeah, hey, how are you? Then, like, give me that Purell, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, handshaking is maybe one of those things we might have to leave behind with this whole COVID-19, because even during the pandemic, like a week ago, somebody shake his hand, like, in the middle of the street and i'm just like you know really in the middle of a pandemic i gotta shake hands and like risk my life with someone i barely know yeah like because you now at this point you literally are risking your life by shaking some hand that you barely know and I'm walking down the street and that i can't really just go and wash my hands easily so when am i going to have the next opportunity to wash my hands and then i have to make sure i don't touch my face for like the next two hours you know yeah i know <laughs> so, you know I think everybody really should probably stop shaking hands now. And we, I've been doing, like, elbow touches and things like that with people. Yeah. I know. Speaking We're of... Touch- I was say, speaking of quarantine, I know you're in the East Coast. How you been dealing with it? And how has it, like, mentally affected you? Has, has it affected you in any way? Well, um... Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I would say it's lonely because I, I'm used to going to, like, a lot of large gatherings. And those aren't happening. Mm-hmm. So that's been had a huge effect on things. And obviously, you know, we're not really having the conventions and things like that, you know, right now. Yeah. Some people are doing some outdoor events, which are nice. But it's not really quite the same. So hopefully, um, God willing, we'll have uh, a cure or a vaccine for this in the not-so-distant future. And then hopefully life can go kind of back to something a little bit more close to normal at some point yeah I don't but, li- i've been making a lot of adjustments in my life doing more things remotely doing more outdoor events i'm doing an outdoor event this saturday in uh, smithville new jersey where i'll be outside meeting people hmm. prob- uh, <laughs> just to be on the safe side um and you know and people will be wearing a mask if they can't social distance and things like that so that's gonna be in smithville the smithville art walk which is pretty close to atlantic city and then um, maybe some other events coming up that are going to be outdoors as well for Halloween and things like that. Um, I also am a professional tarot card reader, so I'll be doing some outdoor parties for the Halloween season. So, we're, you know, everybody's just trying to make adjustments at the best they can. You know, we, we all need to kind of go on with our lives, but at the same time, we need to be safe and kind of take certain steps to be safe. Like recently, I was, gonna, I was on a film. That I'm not allowed to talk about right now, but I had to go for a COVID-19 test before the film. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we all have to be uh, flexible and willing um, 
to do whatever is needed, I guess, to make sure things are safer for everybody, you know. But yeah. at the same time, we, we need to kind of move on with our lives and keep ourselves busy doing things as much as we can. Yeah. Um, how was it, um, like, when when um, it first happened, like, the whole COVID, like, like, how did you deal with it? Like, was you, like, kind of fucked up? Like, oh, shit, this is happening and I don't know what to do. Like, how did you deal with the first, when, when it first hit? Um, I was expecting this to happen, I guess, for a while because I was following this in the news for a couple months. Okay. So I, I probably knew more about this than our politicians, unfortunately. And I was warning people about this for like a while, and people thought I was overreacting. But I was following the news since um, it really started in, in China, very closely. Uh-huh. And I knew it was gonna, you know, obviously come here. It was just a matter of time. Um, so I think I was. I first became conscious of uh, COVID nineteen um, maybe in January. Oh yeah, kind of. And fun- then I was following. Yeah. And I was following it very closely in Italy. And I was really kind of, like, surprised at how everybody was underreacting. I was going to Home Depot and buying rubber gloves and masks before a lot of people were. And just nobody, even in our government, seemed to be reacting to this. Yeah. You know, we had a very slow response right across the board on every level, considering this threat was out there for as long as it was, being that I was aware of it. You know, and, and I'm not necessarily like an expert i'm not a a scientist so i shouldn't necessarily know more about this than the average person but i was following the news very closely when this popped up and i guess um most other people were not you know yeah that's true um um how also another question um how do you keep in shape like what's your workout regimen like do you have a workout regimen or how do you oh yeah well i'm a certified personal trainer Oh, I personal okay. train people. Oh, wow. And then I also, since the lockdown began, I actually had uh, 60 pounds of free weights uh, delivered to my apartment. Oh, wow. Gold gym dumbbells with, like, weight plates were delivered to my apartment at the beginning of the lockdown that I bought on eBay. And I've been working out with weights at home. I have a medicine ball, stability ball, stationary bike. So I've been putting together a, a weight training routine that I follow four times a week. Plus, I've been going um, and doing, like, light hiking and things along those lines on, on my off days, you know, because I'm a very fitness-minded person. So, at this point, I would think I'm probably in as good shape as I was before the lockdown, if not better. I posted some pictures on Instagram, and told, somebody told me I have a little bit of a six-pack, which I don't think I had before the lockdown. But I have been also cooking and eating a lot at home, so I'm probably eating a little bit better than I normally would be when I was going out to restaurants a bit more, you know? Yeah. I know, like, slowly but surely, like, things are opening little by little, and certain places are, like, still closed than usual, but this is funny, because here in the Midwest, the first thing to open was the bar, and then they talk about social distancing, so that's, like, kind of an oxymoron right there, but but thing is, is, like, people wear masks and, and, and masks to go to Walmart, but you go to a bar and be okay, so, like, that's kind of, like, okay, you know, it's contradicting right there, but... It's just, it's just weird, like the like certain rules for certain things, you know. It probably a bar or a restaurant is probably some of the most dangerous places you could be right now. Yeah, definitely, you know, especially like those cafes or the well, diners and stuff. Because you're inside, you 
can't keep your mask on when you're eating and drinking. You know, people are drunk and people start forgetting about social distancing and being careful, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a little tough. I'm not really going to any inside bars at this point, and I'm not going to any indoor restaurants. I like outside dining anyway, mm-hmm. um, so I'll continue to do outside dining probably until it gets too cold. Because I kind of prefer eating outside if it's if the weather's nice anyway, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, Genevieve, is Even there? I like eating outside. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, is there anybody, any horror icon you would like to work with that you haven't worked with yet? I would love to work with uh, Barbara Steele. I'm friends with her on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Barbara Steele. She's been around a long time. I loved her in Black Sunday. Yes. I always it would be to remake Black Sunday with me starring in Black Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I love that's like such an iconic, uh, you know, beautiful uh, Italian horror film, and one of her most iconic roles. So that I would really uh, love to do, and um, so her I would say for sure I would love to work with, and then I've worked with so many wonderful iconic people um, that I'm that really I'm honored to have worked with, like Michael Berryman, Linnea Quigley, you know, Kane Hodder, yeah. uh, Tyler. Uh, Robert Mukes. I've worked with um, you know, so many amazing people in the horror genre that I grew up being a really big fan of. That it's really um, inspiring, and it's really an honor. Yeah, yeah I know you worked with, you worked with Tom Atkins too, right? You worked with a lot of a lot of people too. Tom Atkins, we yes. were in um, Apocalypse. Uh, Kiss together, yes. Tom yeah. Atkins, that's a, yeah. that's a great guy. Yeah. Um, he's he was really great. We were guests together. I remember at Scaricon a couple years ago. Very very nice man, and I grew up uh, watching his movies as well. Great person to work with. Very nice guy. Yeah, that was Apocalypse Kiss, which was one of my first few films. Um, you can watch on an Amazon Prime. Yeah. I play a pregnant hippie. Yeah. I don't really look. But because I'm, I'm nine months pregnant, people aren't used to seeing me nine months pregnant. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I watched it with uh, my boyfriend, and he was like, "Where are you in this movie?" And I'm like, "That's me." And he's like, "That's you?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." He's not used to seeing me that large. But that's yeah. me. But uh, yeah, I'm like a nine month hi- uh, pregnant hippie character. It's a really cool character role. Tom Atkins plays, I believe, uh, a police detective. We have Michael Berryman in there. We have Lloyd Kaufman in there. We have DC Douglas, who um, is the voice in Resident Evil of Wexler. Yeah. And a lot of cool people. It was a really fun movie. And it was, I think, maybe my first five or ten movies that I had done. And one of my first character roles. And I get to um, give birth in the film, which was fun. <laughs> it was a good experience, I bet, right? With all those actors, all those journeyman actors there. It's an amazing experience. Oh, yeah. you know, when you're an actor and you work with these veteran actors who are really people who have been honing their craft for 20 or more years, 20, 30, 50 years, it really helps you to raise your game and helps you to grow and evolve as an actor. And then knowing that I was going to be playing a pregnant character and giving birth on screen, you know, was something that really... Was, sounded very challenging and exciting for me as an actor because you love to play these roles that you never imagined playing that are re- maybe very different than roles you've played before. Yeah. That's exciting as an actor. When someone gives you a role that maybe you never thought you were going to perform, 
form that's really like exciting. Like another film I like to mention that I did a, a number of years ago that I, I thought was exciting as well was when I play a character named Edna in Hunters, which has Linnea Quigley in it as well. And I play a very demented and crazy character. And I just like that was something that was really exciting and interesting for me to do research on and to end up portraying as well. You know, that's what you think of when you're like, you know, you don't always want to play the most attractive character. Sometimes you just want to play these characters that you think are going to be challenging and interesting mm-hmm. into their mind and into their psyche and to become on screen, you know? Yeah. Um, are you comfortable with nudity on film or no? Like me watching nudity or being in nudity? Be- being in nudity in film. Um, I'm in 107 films currently, and, and some of them do have some nudity in them. That is something that's left up to my uh, manager, Matt Chasen, who resides in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, anything that I do film-wise um, goes through him, and he negotiates that, and whether or not he thinks that's a good idea for uh, my career or not a good idea for my career, or if that makes sense as part of my, uh, my journey as an actor. Mm, okay. So, not against it. I guess it just it, it would depend on the movie. It would depend on the role. Okay. It depends if it calls for it. If it's not just like tasteless gratuity, right? It's just more like if it's if it's if it's needed for that for the character, right? Yeah. It, it depends on whether or not it makes sense ultimately for your career. You know, whether or not you want to do it. You don't probably want to do it for like every movie or whatever. Most films I'm in, um, I I am not new. Yeah. Like you know. Um, I have a very, you know, I am, um, selective when it comes to that. Um, I wouldn't say I'm, like, against it, but, again, it depends on the role. It depends on whether or not it makes sense for the character. It makes sense for my career. If I think my manager feels like it's part of my evolution and my journey as an actress, and that's going to help me get to the next point that I need to get to in my life, you know? You have to kind of just wait it all out. You know, is it a good movie? Is it a good role? Does it make sense for the character? Does it make sense for me as an actress? Those are all these things you have to weigh, and people weigh that on, um, you know, it, you know, Hollywood actresses weigh that too. Like, look at like, uh, you know, um, like uh, Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. Yeah, it made a lot of sense for her to do that scene where she's crossing and uncrossing her legs in Basic Instinct. Mm-hmm. You know, that movie made a lot of sense to Sharon Stone's career. Yeah. So I guess you have to think about it within, like, that kind of scope. You know, is doing it in this movie going to help you get to the next level in your career? Does it make sense for you? And her manager knew that that made sense for her at that point to do Basic Instinct, and that was going to bring her to the next level. Yeah. So you just kind of look at it within that context. Or, like, you know, uh, Demi Moore doing striptease maybe wasn't a good move, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that movie didn't do particularly well you know i don't know you know you have to kind of just kind of weigh it and that's why you have a manager that helps you kind of weigh all that stuff out and figure out what's the right thing for you and what's not the right thing to do because i'm busy doing other things and that's why you have a manager or an agent that helps that brings many years of experience to the table managing people in hollywood and has an idea of what you need to be doing that's going to help you advance your career but you know um you know how do I feel about nudity in movies? Like, you know, I like, you know, nudity in movies, especially if it's like hot, sexy dudes, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> so I can't be completely against it. You know, like, you know, am I more likely to watch a movie if I know there's going to be an, a hot naked guy in it? Probably. You know, if I have the choice between two movies and one's going to have a hot naked guy in it and another one's not, I might pick the one with the hot naked guy in it. So I can <laughs> <get> the alert. <laughs> That's true. I don't know if you're a fan of Midsummer, but they they have like a naked guy in it, you know, but it's briefly. But um, I don't think. But like, like I don't know. Like some of the horror movies, you think about it, none of them are really have a lot of nudity, though. It, it depends. Like it depends. Like I guess like the old Friday the Thirteens, like they had nudity because you know it's always when somebody's having premarital sex they get killed. So you know nudity like that. Yeah, yeah. You should never have sex in a horror movie. Um, <laughs> You're gonna die. Yes, yes. <laughs> you want to stay a virgin in the whole movie, pretty much, and then you'll probably make it. Yeah, yeah. Genevieve. Five, Genevieve, have you had um, any regrets? In what way? In life, in general, like any any regrets that you should have, would have, could have. Ah. Uh, huh. Um, not small things, I guess, like, big things, like, both of my parents are gone, I wish they were still alive. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. That's probably, that would be, like, my biggest regret, that they're no longer, you know, here. Um, so I don't think I have any small regrets, you know, like, maybe I've dated some dorky guys, maybe I got a bad <laughs> haircut a couple times, but nothing that <laughs> keeps me awake nights, like, normal things like that. But, you know, um, you know, it's always sad losing people in your lives and you wish that they were there with us now. And I definitely have a lot of sympathy for everybody that I see on Facebook losing people to COVID-19 and other things now. It's really hard, uh, you know, people that you care about, you know. Yeah. Um, if you had the power with one thing, what would you do to improve the horror genre? Um... And I think more female and minority directors. Hmm, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, because you know it's happening and it's developing, but I would really like to see more women and minorities telling their stories. Yeah. That's true. Um, you know, a little more genre, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, what is your personal motto? Um, do more, think less. Mm, I like that. So do more. Don't even yeah. think about it. Just do it, right? Well, do more, think less, because I think most people overthink and do very little. Yeah. And I think you're better off doing and thinking about things less, because I think that's something that people fall into is this whole pattern of overthinking. Yeah. And you just think things to death and you don't take any action. Yeah. You know, like acting is like that. You know, people think about, oh, I really want to act. I really want to do this. I'm waiting for the right moment. Um, but, you know, we don't know when the right moment's going to happen. You have to make every moment the right moment. Mm-hmm. And just raise things and do things in your life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, what um, What do you suppose you would be doing right now if you couldn't be in the acting genre? Well, my great love is besides um, acting is I'm a professional terror card and uh, fortune teller. So I do a lot of that. So I probably, I guess, would be doing that. Um, what else I like to do? I like to paint. So I guess painting. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I do training and, and I'm a fitness uh, consultant, so I do that as well. So I have a couple different, you know, things that I'm kind of passionate about and stuff. 
I also do some writing. I've written for UK Horror Scene and the Digital Dead as well. So I guess those are the kinds of things I would be doing if I wasn't acting. Yeah. And I also do do directing and writing. I uh, directed um, a short film called Attack of the Killer Chickens, and I'm currently directing a feature film called Attack of the Killer Chickens, the movie, Ooh. which should hopefully be next year. Oh, would it be like a lot of CGI or practical effects, you think? or More practical effects. I, I want to kind of pay homage to like the old horror movies, mm. like maybe like the 60s and 70s and also the sci-fi movies that had really cheesy special effects that I love. <laughs> oh, that should be interesting. I look forward to that. That should be really interesting. Hopefully, if everything gets, you know, back to some kind of normalcy, you know? Well, it, it, we're pretty much done shooting it, so uh, oh, really? we just have to get it at okay. So I don't think we'll slow down on that, you know. So hopefully next year, hopefully we won't be slowed down too much by anything else going on. But, uh, yeah. So that's something I was working on because I did the short film and it won, I think, like seven awards. And I did it as a proof of concept for a feature. And then we've been working on the feature through the production company that me and Dave Stein um, actually founded called Cluck Cluck Productions. <laughs> and yeah. the first feature film, Cluck Cluck Productions. And, um, you know, and Dave was a very big uh, part of this. It was a, really a partnership between the two of us working on this feature film, so I look forward to, you know, finishing and presenting it to the world. It's definitely a horror yeah. comedy. Yeah. Horror uh, comedy, sci-fi kind of movie. A little bit of everything. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since 2020 is ending, have you made, like, what's, like, like, out of the end of the year, I know you don't have a New Year's resolution yet because New Year's is not here, but um, so far, how's been, how's 2020 been like for you? Well, I remember, you know, I, um, it's been a year, I think, where you have to start appreciating the small things, and I think we realized in this year how perfect life was in so many ways before this pandemic started, you know, being able to go to concerts and conventions and not having to worry, and I think uh, 2020 really gives us all an appreciation of the little things in life that we didn't always recognize and we didn't always appreciate yeah and um you know? yeah it's been a year to kind of slow down and kind of focus on yourself and on your health and focus on building yourself up um you know eating well exercising taking your vitamins getting enough sleep and getting yourself really in, in a good place mentally emotionally and physically i think is what 2020 is kind of about and then maybe planning and getting as much done as you can in the face of adversity. You know, it's amazing because we're all going through a difficult time, but we're all going through it, through it together really on a global um, level. So hopefully this should bring us all together, you know. Yeah. And my final question for you is what would the Genoveva of today tell the Genoveva of yesterday? No, like yesterday when you was like in your teens, like early, early Genoveva. Okay, I was thinking like, what would I tell myself yesterday? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yesterday, I was at yesterday. <laughs> We're more sunblock. No, I'm kidding. What um, I've seen in Genoveva, um, care less about what other people think of you. No, I like that. 
Yeah, because you know what? When you're young, especially a teenager, you care too much about approval from your family, um, from your peers and everything else. But ultimately, you have to live your life to make yourself happy. You can't live your life trying to make other people happy because if you live your life like that, you know, you're just going to be miserable. You know, you have to, like, live, you know, follow your own dreams and do what's ultimately going to bring you satisfaction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Genevieve, um, plug your social media, plug any, uh, I don't know if you have any upcoming events virtually or, oh, you have the thing on, on this Sunday, you have Saturday, right? You have the Saturday, thing in Jersey, yes. Saturday, I'll be in Smithville, New Jersey at their art walk. It's going to be a pretty exciting event, especially with everything's going on now. We're going to have, uh, people, we're going to have a pinup competition, we're going to have some rockabilly, we're going to have live music, and we're going to have art. This is probably going to be like probably one of the most exciting things that's happened in a while. And it's going to be outside, um, so probably a very safe event. It's in Smithville, which is very close to Atlantic City in New Jersey. It's a really cute town, like a little village, really, of like these cute little houses and stores. A company called Underground is sponsoring it. It's kind of like a punk rock store in Smithville. And everybody should stop by, check out some punk rock stuff. And that's the big event that I'm going to be doing right now. I'll probably be doing another one in October, also in Smithville, for their Monster Fest. Oh, okay. And things will lose lines. So, you know, just focusing on doing kind of outdoor events. I also have some tarot card reading events coming up and things like that. So I'm keeping myself pretty occupied as much as I can and trying to just be careful and live my life. So everybody reach out. Um, my website is www.genevieverossi.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Genevieve Rossi. I'm on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter. Yeah. And Snapchat as well? No. IMDB page, Genevieve Rossi. And yeah. so you can see what movies. And I think I have about 35 movies on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, okay. So even in the search engine, they just have to put your name, and then your movies will pop up so they could see it. Probably would happen, and if you have any trouble with that, I would get, guess go on my IMDb, and you can see the whole thing of all the that I'm in. True. But yeah, probably a lot of films would come up. I would, I would, I would imagine under my name. Yeah. And if you name a lot of stuff like interviews and articles and things like that, are all going to come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Genevieve, thank you for your time. I know I've been asking you for a little bit now to come on, but I appreciate you coming on, and I hope to have you back on again, and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Stay safe, be good, and, and you know, keep yourself busy, and thank you for having me on. Thank you, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.